Monday PFTOT. There is so much to discuss on these football Mondays coming out of a slate that of we games. needed overtime. We, well, we needed every day, but we definitely needed today. Yeah. And let's start with the last thing we discussed on PFT Live. Okay. I think we have some more thoughts, and I'm trying to draw them out of you. You're being a little circumspect. You don't want to piss off Jalen Ramsey, but you and I are both of the mindset yes. that it is a bad look for a guy who clearly wants to be traded. Right. The team is trying to not trade him. They're trying to get through this ugly period. He calls in sick, which is a load of crap. Right. If you're sick, they got all kind of drugs there. They can get you better. They'll give you a shot if you need a shot. You show up for work in the National Football League. You've got Sam Darnold with mononucleosis, or as you would say, mononucleosis, <laughs> who is champing at the bit to show up at work. Even yeah. though he's got an enlarged spleen, he wants to go play. This is, this is the kind of thing that can get players to turn on Jalen Ramsey. Am I right? Uh, well, I can get everybody to ch- turn on him. That's why I, I don't want to see him do this. I do think he's taking the wrong approach. Uh, I am a huge Jalen Ramsey fan. And, uh, you know, he is the best corner in football. And he could have been a pain in the butt this whole offseason and demanded a new contract and made issues that way. But he's been professional. And because of that, you know, uh, he's, he's, I think, you know, looked at as kind of a professional type of guy. But when you do stuff like this, you know, then you lose the perception becomes reality to a degree here at some point where people are going to look at Jalen Ramsey and go, oh, you know, here he is, another diva cornerback or, you know, another guy that's, you know, not, not, he's not liking what he's getting. So he's going to, you know, complain and, and, and be an annoyance that way. You know, there's other ways to do it. Go to practice. Go there. You can say, my hamstring's tight. I can't practice today. You could say that all day, all week, all week long, whatever it may be. But it is not a good look. And I just, yeah, I always err on the side of the player. And uh, I, I just think there's a better way to do this. He should have just held out. Yeah. It's too late now. Yeah. That, that's the thing. The way the CBA is set up, if you don't show up, you have much greater leverage than if you show up and leave. Because if you show up and leave, if they if they decide at some point to to put him on the left squad list, he's shut down for the year, he can't play for anybody, he ain't getting traded, he ain't getting any money, he ain't getting anything. And and the problem is he's dealing with Tom Coughlin, yeah. who may not be as compliant as other teams have been. There's this whole push from NFL players to become like NBA players and Tom Coughlin's the last guy to mess with on something like this. Sure. And you don't want to turn it into a battle of wills. And you don't want to turn it into who's going to blink. And you don't want this thing to keep ratcheting up and ratcheting up. And it, Ramsey's camp is trying to put pressure and push buttons. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what they expect the reaction to be here. But I guarantee you it is not going to be a good reaction from Tom Coughlin to the idea that Jalen Ramsey is too sick to come to work. Guys come to work with all sorts of injuries and ailments, and they get them treated at work. They work in a place that is there in large part, the training facility, to get the guys ready to go. Yeah. And they've got every medication he could possibly need to make him feel better and make his symptoms go away. Well, and you sometimes, you know, within this too, you, I mean, you're right, you're spot on about all that. And then, you know, also those teams that might be on the fence about trading for him, right? They go, oh, man, you know, especially with Antonio Brown being so relevant and the pain in the butt he's been. You know, you might not win your, yourself the benefit of the doubt with certain football teams. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think the big thing is, yes, show up. 
continue to, to voice your displeasure with being there. You can continue to voice your displeasure as uh, being on a part of the team. You want out of there. Is anybody going to make a move, though? That's the big yeah. thing, Mike. Who is it going to be? Like the Ravens yesterday, did they get off the field yesterday and go, you know what? We're never going to beat Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes unless we get another guy in here to help us. I would think that thought has to go through their head. The Eagles, same thing. I mean, how many weeks in a row are we going to watch them get burned by big pass plays? And, you know, there is no pass rush in Philadelphia. So if you don't have a pass rush and you can't cover somebody, that's a problem. The Jaguars bear some blame here, too, because apart from mismanaging the relationship with Jalen Ramsey, once he made the trade demand last week, that's when you slam the door. You, you, when you begin to entertain what it would take to move on, what you, what you would want, that's when you create an expectation it's going to happen. Right. And for a period of time last week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah, when we were that game to believe... against the Titans. Yeah, remember Jalen Ramsey's quotes? Right. He kind of had that smile like, yeah, I'm good. as long as I'm here, I'm happy. Right. He thinks he's getting out. Once you think you're getting out and they keep you in, it does make things worse. The, the, the Jaguars should have made it clear from the get-go, we're not trading this guy. We're not, period. I keep trying to get out and they keep – Pulling me back in. Close enough. <laughs> not really. What is that? Is that Godfather, Godfather 3? Godfather 3. Yeah. yeah the only line. Good. Yeah, Godfather 3 was horrible. Horrible. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Speaking of things that are horrible, sorry, but Antonio Brown has been somewhat horrible over oh. the past few days. Mm. Fired by the Patriots on Friday. As of Saturday, three teams were interested pending the outcome of the NFL's investigation. As of Sunday, tweet storm goes after Robert Kraft, goes after Big Ben, says he's done playing in the NFL. Went after Robert Klemko, the guy from SI.com sure. who had the story last week that really was that last domino, yeah. that last push that a few days later Antonio was fired by the Patriots. You know, I knew he wasn't going to stay on the high road for long, and I think anybody who's thinking about signing Antonio Brown is watching what he's doing, but still people are going to be seduced by the talent. I think that at some point, once he, unless he's banished for life, which could happen, if the NFL decides that Brittany Taylor is telling an accurate and truthful story about being forcibly raped by Antonio Brown, I think he's banished for life. But something short of that, a suspension, 10 games, 8 games, 6 games, whatever, I, you know, I'm surprised somebody hasn't signed him to a contract just to secure dibs on him for whenever he's clear, like Washington did last year when they claimed Reuben Foster on waivers, yeah. knowing at some point we're going to get the benefit of this yeah, guy. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, it wasn't a good look for the Redskins at that point. And I think with Antonio Brown right now, you got to be scared, like, what else is going to come out, right? I mean, I think that's the big thing. Uh, I just can't imagine anybody would be crazy enough to sign him until some of this stuff gets settled, right, Mike? I mean, to me, that just would be insane. I mean, I would, I would really argue if you're crazier than Antonio Brown if you sign Antonio Brown right now. I mean, I just don't even understand how that could be a thought. Uh, you you got to let this whole thing flush itself out, figure out where it stands with the NFL, you know, uh, with law officials, whatever it may be. But I wouldn't well, touch and, Antonio and Brown right But that's now. the thing. There's no There's criminal no law, case criminal pending. Law. Yeah, right. But – they interviewed Brittany Taylor mm -hmm. last week for 10 hours. And like, it's impossible to keep this stuff completely quiet. Maybe there's some chatter making the rounds that she's telling a persuasive story uh, or, or not. But, but, but here's the thing I keep coming back to. And we see it in the impulsive behavior of Antonio Brown. 
when it's time for him to sit across from a table and be interrogated by someone from the league. Yeah, I hear you, Mike. He is going to snap at some point. Yeah, the emotions he, he will get the best He is not going to be a good witness. He's right. going to be Colonel Nathan Jessup. You know who that is? Absolutely not. A few good men. Right. Jack Nicholson. Oh, you you handle- bet you're you damn right I did. Well, you know, I did order the code red. At some point, Antonio Brown is going to snap on whoever is asking him questions. And and it's it's unfortunate. I've seen this when I was practicing law. You can have people who are extremely good liars, very persuasive. Mm-hmm. You can also have people who are horrible truth tellers. And Antonio Brown may be completely innocent, but because of how he is, because of how he's wired, he is not going to be able to sit there and submit, right? Right. The, the, all of this flows from... and. Uh, I, I know that, that you've defended Mike Tomlin, but Mike Tomlin enabled this guy. Mike Tomlin created this guy by letting him get what he wanted over and over again. And, and like, I'm on record last week saying when you have a great player, you got to do what it takes to make him happy. Yeah. This is what happens when you take it to the extreme. Yeah, right. Because he's never heard no. He's never been made accountable. The most accountable anyone ever made him was the Patriots firing him on Friday night because it's the first time he was fired by a team this year and he didn't want to be. Right. So uh, this is going to be tough for him. And when it's time for him to talk to the league, I think it's going to go sideways. And who knows what the league's ultimately going to decide. And like I said, if they decide he raped Brittany Taylor, I think the only – appropriate outcome is to ban him for life uh yeah i, I mean i i'm i'm with you there i mean if that that's what happened and that's the allegation yeah i mean if that's if they decide that she's right. telling the truth right even without a criminal charge right if they decide we talked to her we talked to him we ran down the other evidence and we think she's telling the truth He's done. Out of the fact that they've seen his text this past weekend of him bullying, uh, you know, another person who, of course, just added more fuel to the fire. So I would think so, too. If they feel that that he did do that, uh, that he would be in deep trouble of never playing ever again. All right. We talked about the Browns-Rams game. We talked about it from the perspective of Freddie Kitchens from Baker Mayfield. One guy who I think is critical to whether or not this experiment is going to work in Cleveland is receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Mm -hmm. He said after the game, I don't want to give an excuse that we're a young team and we're fresh and new together, but we're still trying to find ourselves and find our identity. Mm. And that gets right to what you were saying. I was saying saying that, right. What are you going to do on offense? How's the offense going to run? Is it going to be feed the ball to Odell Beckham Jr.? Is it going to be 25 carries to Nick Chubb? What is the central theme of your offense? And that's a fair criticism that I think you've made very appropriately as it relates to the Bears. And now it applies to the Browns. What is it going to be? Where is that identity? So what would you say it should be based upon the personnel the Browns have? Yeah, I, I mean, to, to me, it's one of two things. It's either, okay, we're going to get a little smash-mouth football and pull guards and play that style of football and kind of impose our will that way. And then when we get a favorable matchup, one-on-one outside, we're going to hit Odell Beckham Jr. on a go route or a 20-yard comeback route or something like that. It's either that or you make it all about Odell Beckham Jr. That would be the one or two things that I look at to go, this is where they can force a defense's hand to go, oh gosh, they're really good at this thing, and now we have to change our defensive calls to stop that. So whether that's run the game, run the ball, ground and pound, let's get underneath the center, which they did more of last year when Freddie Kitchens took over. You know, I think last night he was trying to show his patience with the run game because he knew he couldn't pass protect against that Rams defensive line. That was scary. Um, but yeah, I think 
think it's one of those two things, Mike, whether they want to decide they want to be a running team first and rely on that, and then you load the box and they take advantage on the outside, or do they just go, you know what, we got this damn receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., and I'm going to have 30 different ways to get him the ball every week, and we're going to get him the ball and get it going that way and see if teams then start to go, ooh, we need to double him or we need to play this coverage because they're doing this with Odell, and then you play off of it. But right now, it's just a lot of plays and a lot of formations, and sometimes it looks cool, and a lot of other times it looks kind of eh. They've got to do something because even the night that they won – seven days ago against the Jets. It felt sluggish. There was a lot of and with a big splash play. Right, there. And, and and they yeah. should have put the Jets away early. They should have won that game by 40 points. Right. And just because they're one and two, look, they got the Ravens coming up. They got the 49ers coming up. The schedule, we talked about this during the show, it stays difficult until week 10. Yeah. And after that, it gets very soft. They need to be not so far behind the Ravens by week 10 that they can start knocking out teams like the Steelers, which it's still so weird to me that they're considered a bad team, but they are. They are. Steelers, Dolphins. Uh, they've got uh, who else on the schedule? They've got some games they should. Well, win. they got the Bengals twice. They got the Bengals twice. Yeah, that's right, the other one. Right, yeah, it's right, the other bad right. team. Zero and three as well. All right. Speaking of the Steelers and speaking of identity. Yeah. The Steelers would like to run the ball. Mm. The Steelers can't run the ball because they're getting eight man fronts plus because they can't throw the ball. Right. And James Conner, who was great when Le'Veon Bell was on the team but not with the team. Yep. James Conner has been. Uh, a disappointment so far this yeah. year. He's got a total of, I've got it right here, 97 rushing yards through three games, 34 carries. That's 2.9 yards per carry yesterday against San Francisco, 13 for 43, which, look, look, if you – and, and Jalen Samuels didn't do anything. Uh, the, the rookie didn't do anything. The kid yeah, from Snell. Kentucky. Snell, Snell Benny right, Snell. Right. And uh, when – you don't. This this goes back to Antonio Brown. Maybe they're the ones that should sign Antonio Brown. When you don't have Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster's not stepping into that role the way that he needs to, and you don't have Ben Roethlisberger, you're not going to be able to run the ball. No, I, I think that's. Uh, I mean, you hit. I think on all the appropriate points, along with also. Mike Munchak not being there anymore on the offensive line. I think that's another whammy to the the whole psyche of what they're able to do in the run game. But the big thing is exactly what you're saying, Mike. I mean, you know, they haven't been playing good defense, so they've been behind in football games. They haven't been able to stay patient with the run game. They're not really a run-first team as of last year and this year. Yes, now there's, like you said, Mike, you hit it. There's no Big Ben to worry about, oh, gosh, he can throw 50-yard bombs over our head. There's no Antonio Brown to go, oh, gosh, we better keep people deep because he can run by us for 50-yard bombs over our head. Uh, and James Conner is not Le'Veon Bell. You know, he's a solid running back, but he's not, like, special by any stretch of the imagination. And, yeah, they're, they're – um, their offense is not pretty. And I, you know, and again, I don't think Mason Rudolph's gonna scare anybody either. You know, yeah, double move for a touchdown, deep crosser to Juju Smith for a touchdown. Everything other than that was pretty damn average. And I just don't see how this Steelers offense can really create any magic this year. I, th I would be shocked if they became anything special. They're just kind of bland, middle of the road, bottom of the league. Well, and as these losses pile up, uh, they're going to get louder and louder in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they are. And it's it's not a good year for the Steelers. And, and not that they're going to fire Mike Tomlin, but the Steelers fans are going to – and look, I, I, I can't imagine Steelers fans turning away from the team and not going to games. But if it ever becomes a business-type thing where they're not making money, because, then you will see some, some major changes. Right. So, yep.
No, uh, they're, they're in trouble. And I, I mean, I know we weren't expecting this for sure. I mean, the, the defense has been all over the place. We're seeing the issues with covering people once again. I mean, they couldn't stop the run yesterday with the San Francisco 49ers. As close as that game was, you know, yesterday, the 49ers had their way with the Pittsburgh Steelers on the offensive side of the ball. And Pittsburgh, I mean, was playing all out. I mean, Stefan Tuitt and Cam Hayward and, and company, I mean, they were all over the field because they got beast on that side of the ball. But what's happening too is their schemes getting exposed run game pass game uh that's what we're seeing we've never seen the Steelers defense get diced up the way it has these first three weeks of the year it's been a long long time at least all right uh, that's it for PFTOT we'll be back with PFT live tomorrow we'll keep rolling with PFTOT Chris Sims unbuttoned later today you're going to do two games deep dives based upon what the fans want yep and uh, we'll have PFT PM tomorrow lots of stuff going on as we Close the books on week three and move to weed toward week four. Everybody move have a great to to move to weed. Four. You'd like to move to weed. I would like to. Let's do that now, in fact. <laughs> We're going to move toward week four. We'll see everybody. Have a great day. <laughs>